Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amen at charis.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at charis.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Last two weeks, I started, I spoke about, how many of you remember what I teach on? I taught on the Holy Spirit. And I told you I was going to continue on last Sunday, but little did I know God had his own plan. And so, by God's grace, I want to try and um, take it today, continue today. It is always essential and important to understand and know about the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I want to talk about the spirit of reality. Okay, Jesus, Jesus calls him the spirit of reality in um, the King James and the New King James and many versions, a few versions, he's called the spirit of truth. The word translated truth is actually reality. He makes it real. So in the book of John chapter uh, 14, verse 17, Jesus says, addresses him as the spirit of truth, the spirit of reality. The spirit of truth. Let's all say the spirit of reality. reality. Please say it again. The spirit of reality. He makes everything that God ever has for us real. Okay, he he's the only one who takes it from God and applies it on our life, makes it actually a real. So if God is blessing you, he is the one who makes the blessing a reality. All right. And in the book of John, John chapter 15, verse 26, he also, Jesus refers to him as the spirit of truth, the spirit of reality. John 15, 26, he said, the helper, uh, but the, who I shall stand from the Father, the spirit of truth. Okay, he's the helper. He's called the spirit of truth. And then in John chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus calls him the same, John 14, 15, 16, Jesus refers to him as the spirit of truth. He said, however, when the spirit of truth, which is the spirit of reality, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you so you can experience the reality. He said, I've got a lot of things to say. Uh, you can't bear, I think there's 12 or so. He said, I've got a lot of things to say, but you can't. I still have many things to say to you, but I, you, it's not me, can say it. You cannot bear them now. Now, however, when the spirit of reality comes, he will guide you in, into the reality. Into the, everything I've got to say, he's coming to make it a reality. That's why we need a Holy Spirit. Now, so the, the Holy Spirit is not just... Um, a new thing that shows up in the church when the church was born. Okay? The Holy Spirit has always been there. He's been there from the beginning. So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, the Bible says, and the Spirit of God. Can you imagine? Genesis opens, the Bible starts by saying, in the beginning, God created, <coughs> excuse me, God created the heavens and the earth. That's it. The first chapter, the first verse in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's it. 
right there. That's why evolutionists don't like the Bible. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then he says that and the earth was without void, uh, form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovers, was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, the other time, about three weeks ago or four weeks ago, when I was teaching on the eternal blessing, I actually wanted to make a little bit of comment here. I told you that in the new Jerusalem, there will be no more. Bible says, actually, there will not be sea in it. You remember? There will not be sea in it because I said in the Bible, sea rep- represents and reflects um, masses or uh, falling humanity or negative things from the devil. So most of the time, the sea, that's why when Jesus cast out the devil, they went into the pigs and the pigs went into the sea. So the sea, because from this text, Bible says that the, God created the heaven and the earth, the earth with us without form and void. I just want to, it's not part of my text, but I just want to bring this to your attention and I'll move on from there. I don't think I will come back to it again. Face of the deep, and the spirit of the Lord was moving upon the face of the waters. So everything, Bible says that, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and, uh, upon the face of the deep, and then there was waters. So there was no land. It's only waters, all right. And then God said, I think in the verse, verse um, six or verse nine, verse nine. Yeah, that's it. Verse divide. Let the waters above from. No, verse nine, verse nine. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear. So, and it was so, and God called the land, go to the next verse, God called the dry land earth, and the gathering, uh, and the gathering together of the waters, what did he call? The seas. So, before anything, before land appeared, the entire earth was covered with these waters. There was nowhere, and Satan was here. So, where was he? In the waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering upon the water. And Satan, demons, demons were there before Adam came. If they were there before Adam came, where were they? The waters which were guarded aside as the seas. So demons like in But Genesis. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God was there in the beginning. So verse 2, Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, Bible says that, and the Spirit of the Lord was hovering upon the face of the waters. The Spirit. And so, when things began, the Spirit was there. And when things, was, things were ending, the end of everything, the Spirit is still there. Revelation chapter 22 verse 17 says that, oh man. Revelation chapter 17, verse 22, it says that, and the spirit and the bride say. That's the last mention of the spirit. And that's the last chapter. In fact, after this, there are only about three verses more, and the Bible is finished. So, three verses to the end, he was there. Two verses from the beginning, he was in. And then throughout, you see, throughout the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So when everything ends, the Spirit will be there. And here he says, I like this. He says, the Spirit and the bride say. It was, when you read Revelation, remember, the Spirit of God speaks, okay? 
the spirit is a speaking spirit. The spirit is a speaking spirit. So in Revelation alone, he was, Bible says that uh, when John saw the Revelation, he said, and he saw the, the seven spirits of God. I think, yeah, he saw the seven spirits of God. And uh, is it, I think chapter one, verse four, Revelation chapter one, verse four, I think he said, seven churches in Asia, grace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who is before the throne. So the spirit has always been there. So when Revelation showed up, and then he then said that Jesus showed up to him, and Jesus said, he who sat on the throne, he said, write these things that I say, write to the churches. Then Jesus told him, I think, so in chapter 1, the Bible said, I saw him, his hair, chapter 1, chapter 1 from verse 15, 16, somewhere there. He said, his hair was like wool, and his head and his hair were like wool and all that, and fire was like, then when you read on, he says that, and then he said to me, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I, I have in my hands, uh, and he who was alive, who was dead, and uh, I have the keys of Hades. The next verse. Write these things which you see, and the things which are, and the things which are to take place after this. The next verse. So he said, the mystery of the seven. And then he began to tell him that these things that I say, right. And then so from chapter 2, verse 1, he started telling him things and he was writing. When he started writing, he says that to the angel of the church, uh, of uh, the church of Ephesus, right, these things. Says who? Says who? the seven stars in his right hand, he who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. This is talking about Jesus. When you read chapter one, Bible says he was walking there. I want to draw your attention to something. So here, Jesus, he said, this is what Jesus says to the churches, right to the angel of the church. When, if you look at verse two, sorry, verse, verse, verse seven, when he finished saying, listen to what he said, he who has an ear, let him hear he starts speaking as Christ. When he finished speaking, he said, this is what the Spirit says to the church. Verse 17, the Spirit says to the church, verse 17, look at it. He said, this is, and he who has an ear, let him hear. This is what the Spirit says to the, the Spirit is always speaking to the church. Christ speaks as the Spirit to the church. Verse, uh, uh, verse 29, verse 29, see, he said, he who has an ear, let him hear. This is what the Spirit says to the church. Chapter 3, verse, verse, verse 6, chapter 3, verse 6, he says that, this is, here. This is what the Spirit says to the church. Verse 13, this is what the Spirit says to the church. Verse 22, this is what the Spirit says to the churches. Chapter 4, verse 13, this is what the Spirit says to the churches. The Spirit was very active even in Revelations. Speak. Speaking, speaking, speaking from Genesis to Revelation, the Spirit has always been acting, speaking, working. So we need to give attention to the Holy Spirit. He's not something that just showed up. He's actually God. So number one, the Spirit of God has always, is the ever-present Spirit. Number two, He's always been there at the start of every major move of God. So, number one, he's the always present spirit. He's the ever-present spirit. Number two, he's always been there at the start of every major move of God, or work of God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. We just read it. And this, the, the spirit of God hovered upon the face of the waters. So he was there. Then verse 3 says, Then God said, 
So the spirit was moving and God spoke and it happened. Chapter 2, verse 7, and when God has formed man, Bible says that, and God breathed into man. Watch this. Um, Jonathan, please come. Are you able to jump here? Careful. Okay. Lie down. So, God, 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 <laughs> hallelujah, God, God formed man, and then when he formed man, man was just formed, but there's no life, no life, he's formed man from the chapter, Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, he said that God took the, the dust, and the Lord God formed man out of the dust, okay, so formed man of the dust of the ground, so after he finished forming, what did he do? He breathed into him. So when he breathed into him, the breath of God came into him. Bible said, man became a living soul. So until the breath came, and when Bible, Bible said, God breathed into his nostrils, what? The breath of life. Now, the, the, the breath of life it's also the spirit of life. When you look at the text itself, when you look at the Hebrew word, it's the spirit of life. So it took the spirit from God that God breathed. It's not the, the same. It's like God created man and God gave man his spirit. So the spirit of man actually came from God. It's like an aspect of God, but it's not the totality of the Holy Spirit, but it's an aspect of God. That is why when you are born again, it must be in your spirit. Because your soul and your flesh, Satan has access to it. But Satan cannot have access to your spirit because the spirit came from God. So he breathed into man, he puts spirit in man. So every major, before man actually walked, God had to introduce spirit. Amen. Now, and then, years after, thank you very much, please. Years after, several generations after, that's after Genesis, God finished creating and life was going on. But how many of you know that that was not all? There was a major thing that God was about to do. I think it would be right and it would be appropriate to draw your attention to the major, major key things of God. Number one, he created man. Why did he create man? He created man so he can. So this is going to be very deep, but just take it. He created man so he can have the church. That's a very deep thing, but one day you'll get it fully. So he created man so that he can have a corporate people who contain him. Then sin came in, a man lost it. And so God prepared the way to come. The, the next major thing in the history of man is the coming of Jesus. So after creating of man, the next major thing is the coming of Jesus. That is why we have Adam, first Adam, and the last Adam. We have the first man and the, all the ones in between. They are not determinants. They are not defining factors. Adam was a defining factor, Jesus Christ was a defining factor. So the next thing after Adam for God to do was Christ. And guess what? Before Christ came, the Holy Spirit had to now come again. Mr. Bless, come please. Stand here. 
the Holy Spirit came. And uh, Pastor Philip, please come. Stand near her. So the woman was betrothed, in other words, engaged to be married. Just an illustration, okay? She, she, she has a husband. He has got his wife. Uh, to be engaged, to, to be married. And, and the, I think it would have been nice if I use Joel. Yes, 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 yes. Let's go and sit down. Joel and the wife, please come. Yes, yes, yes. Fresh. <laughs> so, you stay on the other side, sir. Hey, this your dress is another level. Now. I think the whole team needs something like this. Now, now. <laughs> so, they were, they were betrothed to be married. In other words, no one can go for her. She is his. The only thing is that the marriage has not been official. So it's like someone who has won elections. He's won the elections, either president or prime minister, but he's not the prime minister until he's sworn in, or the president until he's sworn But he's prime minister-elect. Uh, so it's the husband-elect. And God waited after he's gotten her, no one can come near her. And before he could get to her officially, God, by his spirit, say by his spirit. According to Luke chapter 1, verse 20, uh, 35, Mary said, How can these things? Verse 31, an angel appeared to Luke 1 31, angel appeared to Mary and then tell her, Don't be afraid, you are going to be with child. And then verse 34, Mary said, How can this thing be? Since I have a man, but I don't know a man. I'm a woman who has not known a man yet, even though I have a man. But my, my man is not ready to know me because we, have, we haven't finished. God said, that's why I waited, because I didn't want him to know you. Because I can only use a virgin in this instance. Only a virgin. Are the virgins in the house? Yes. <laughs> can you <I> say it? <laughs> Okay, the re reconstructed virgins, refurbished. Are there some refurbished virgins in the house? Yeah. Uh, say it, oh, don't you believe? Yeah. Do we have some refurbished virgins in the house? Yeah. <laughs> so, God said, I need a virgin. I need a virgin, but I need a virgin who is already committed to a man. And then the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, when it was, angel came and told her, you are going to be, be pregnant. He said, I can't, I can't happen. I don't know a man. Sorry. And then verse 35 said, do you don't have a problem. And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. <sighs> because what the major thing God is about to do, he said, therefore, therefore, um, the, 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 that Holy One who will be born of you shall be called the Son of God. Because this is a major move of God. It must, it requires the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit came upon her and breathed. <sighs> Don't touch her, okay? Just. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit breathed upon her. And then suddenly, the, something, there was a conception, which is the Holy Son of God. So the man was there, formalized everything, but he couldn't go here because she was pregnant. And he was saying, that I can't take a woman like that. He said, yeah, I'm pregnant. How do you get pregnant? It's the Holy Spirit. Hey, my friend, don't tell me that. Holy Spirit, which man is called Holy Spirit? 
So the man was a decent man, decided that, no, I can't take this. Because my mother will even insult me that I'm a foolish man. And people will, how can you? So I have to. The man was planning to put the woman aside, away, privately, gently, so it doesn't make a, noise, a lot of noise about it. And the Bible said, God appeared to Joseph in a dream. In Matthew chapter 1, he said, and to, don't put her away because that which is of her is of the Lord. That child is of the Lord. And Jacob, so Jacob, Joseph, sorry, Joseph took her to be his wife because God told him this of God. But it took the Holy, so angel rightly said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. May the Holy Spirit rest upon you. May he come upon you. Please clap for them as I go back to their seats. So he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. So the Holy Spirit, and now when Jesus Christ was silent, growing, then it was, right, it was time for him to start his ministry. So he went to be baptized. He went to normal ceremony, baptism ceremony. But when he entered the water, Bible says, Luke chapter, chapter um, 3, verse 22, and the heavens was open, and the Holy Spirit came upon him. Because Jesus, what his ministry was about to change the face of the, of the law. So, Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form upon him. And Jesus Christ was filled with the Holy Spirit. And look at the next verse. That's when he started ministry. Verse 33. Now Jesus himself began his ministry. He began it after the Holy Spirit came upon him at the age of 30 years. It required the Holy Spirit for any move of God, any major move of God to start. Yes. And then he went, Bible says in chapter 4, verse 1, he was led by the Spirit, or he went into the wilderness full of the Spirit. And Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, he went to the wilderness, and where he was tempted by the devil. And chapter, verse, verse 18, verse 18 said, when he came, he was in the temple, and he's in the synagogue, and he said, the Spirit of the Lord. Bible says that, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's when he was starting his ministry. The Spirit of God. It takes the Spirit. It's not about your contacts. But the Spirit, there are people who are, who are going to Bible school, thinking going to Bible school will make you become a pastor. Bible school doesn't make you a pastor. It just gives you information about the Bible. And depending on what Bible school you go, some people you go to Bible school and you never recover your Christian, your same Christian life again. Because you have demons teaching you. Yes. Bible says that the doctrines of demons, the dev yeah, they are doctrines of devils. That's right. So they will teach you the letter that kills. By the time you are finished, you are something has been killed in you. So Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God came. He said, "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to do this." So it took the Spirit of God for Him to do the work. And then when He was about to go. The disciples said, ah, we are not ready to go and win. So he said, hey, hey, don't go. Acts chapter, four verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 4. Don't leave Jerusalem. Depart not for tarry in Jerusalem until being assembled. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard me speak. But John baptized with water, but not many days from now, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he said, wait for the Holy Spirit. Tell someone, wait for the Holy Spirit. 
Why? Because this is very important. I want you to understand this. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, uh, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together in one place with one accord, and suddenly there came a, a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And clothing tongues as of fire came and sat on each of each of them. And verse 4 says that, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So when the day of, of Pentecost was come, now listen, that was when the church was actually initiated. The church was born on that day. Before then, they couldn't preach. They, could, they wouldn't go anywhere. They were just waiting. They were praying, waiting. Jesus said, wait, you need the Holy Spirit to have church. Hey. It takes the Holy Spirit. It takes the Holy Spirit to have church. So I don't understand why a pastor can trivialize your work with the Holy Spirit and expect church work to work. You are, you are useless in the hands of God as a pastor or a church leader without the Holy Spirit through you. So that is what makes sin, um, pollution, pornography. Uh -huh. Porn. No, pastors do porn. You know, church leaders, they are church leaders, not here, but listen to me. <laughs> Some of you have had a serious session last night. Magadagabagaya. The whole night you didn't sleep. That's why I didn't wake up earlier and came to church late. Magadayash. <laughs> oh, don't think it's only those who are not married. Ah, those who are married, their wife is sleeping and he's behind the computer in the living room. It happens a lot to married men. Wow. Sometimes, I, there's no justification for that. <laughs> but they are looking for something in a woman which they, they are not getting their wife. So they become vulnerable and they want to just, it's like. <laughs> because the problem is most of the wives, uh, when they are home, <laughs> They are home. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they put their boxer shorts on. Um, grandmother dressing. <laughs> Jokuto. <laughs> the wig is somewhere, bandana is lying somewhere, and the whole thing. But practically, you can't. You can't be wearing wig at home. Yeah. Oh, is there anyone here who wears your wig at home? <laughs> oh, what, what, we think we don't know his wig. We know. <laughs> so, so it takes the Holy Spirit to do God's work. If you compromise on your consecration, you are compromising on the flow of the Holy Spirit through your life. Yes. Because he's a spirit of purity. Ah, what's the name? Holy. 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 Not only spirit. It's a holy spirit. It's an H. It's holy. Holy spirit. So he told, Mary told Jesus, therefore, that, ah, this is a good one. I said Mary told Jesus, I'm sorry. The angel told Mary. 
verse 35 of Luke chapter 1. Therefore, that holy chain which will be born of you, that holy one which will be born of you, will be called the Son of God because it's, it's, it's a work, it's a function of the Holy Spirit. So the thing that is coming through you, man of God, what is supposed to pass through you is holy. The healings, the miracles, the holies of God. You can't heal anybody. You can't give anybody a miracle. You can't save anybody. It's the Holy Spirit that does that, but he wants to do it through you. He can only do it through you. And you too, you have so gotten so busy. How come, how can you be uh, uh, someone who is dressing a bride? You are dressing a bride, eh? Get, getting a bride ready, wearing a, you are, let's say you are a, a tailor. But your, your speciality is to make uh, bridal gowns. And you are making bridal gowns, bride is coming, and you have just finished working on your car, your machine with grease. And you're with your grease, greasy hands, going to get someone in their wedding. No, please wash your hands. Go wash your hands before you come and handle this impeccable dress. It just, that's how church life is like. The church work. It's like wedding gown. And it requires hands that have been washed before you can successfully do it. We are using all kinds of means to keep people in church because we are not paying the price to keep the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because we are not paying the, paying the price to keep the flow of the Spirit in our lives, we are using all kinds of techniques including social media, to attract people and keep them in church. But that has never been a means to keep people in church. Social media can keep people in church. Social media can attract people to church. It's the Holy Spirit. Pastor, get hooked up with the Spirit. Instead of sitting on Facebook looking at what other churches are doing and copying, close their computer, go into your closet, read your Bible, and pray! Pray! He called you and he will do it through you. But you have abandoned him. You have blanked him. You blanked him out. You don't have to be a pastor to be used by the Spirit. Hallelujah. I see the Holy Spirit using somebody. I see the Holy Spirit using somebody. I see the Holy Spirit using somebody. So, the church, for the church to be born, birth, it took the Holy Spirit. And that is even nice. When the church was now about to enter into the Gentile world, go to the Gentile world, the Bible says that in Acts chapter 13, the Holy Spirit said again, separate unto me, Barnabas and Paul. And so, Acts chapter 13, verse 2. The Holy Spirit said, so he's the actual one who does the work. Nothing, nothing major of God can start without the Holy Spirit. So I believe that churches must start based on the move of the Spirit. Not because, oh, I know somebody. Some people start churches because they think they are anointed. Because they've seen their classmates doing it, and they were even teaching them Bible lessons. And now this guy is doing it. Why can't I do it? I can do it too. So they also take it upon themselves, like the sons of Skiva. Take it upon themselves to also do what others are doing. 
failing to realize that it must be an inspiration by the Holy Spirit. Starting a church is different from starting a uh, barbering shop. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, and when he got to Revelation, he said, on the day of the Lord, I was in the spirit. Revelation chapter 1 verse 10. He had to be in the spirit to be able to, to see the next phase of God's work. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit. He says that, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Chapter 4, verse 2, I was in the Spirit. So, the Holy, number one, the Holy Spirit is an ever-present Spirit. Number two, He's at the start of every major move of God. Number three, He being the Spirit of reality, He's, he's everything God has said, He's everything to, from God to the believer. Let me put it that way. He is everything from God to the believer. So the spirit of reality. Number three, he's the spirit of reality. Everything God has ever promised and will do to the, for the believer is from the spirit. It's, by the, it's the spirit that makes it happen. It's the Holy Spirit that makes it happen. Hallelujah. Amen. I like it when Bible talks about, um, um, I think 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, it talks about actually he is the one who makes our salvation a reality. But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, loved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you from, for salvation through the sanctification by the Spirit. The Spirit has to get involved before you can be saved. He is the, the, the Spirit that makes our salvation a reality. And after we are saved, Bible talks about we have been sealed. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. We have been sealed with the spirit of promise. So he's the spirit of promise. Everything God has promised, it cannot happen without the Holy Spirit. Yes. He's the spirit of promise. And besides him being the spirit of promise, we have been sealed. Do you know what it means to be sealed? If you go and buy something from supermarkets, even water, and it's not sealed. When you order a phone from the phone companies, Vodafone, team, is it T-Mobile or EE? EE, it says now it's not. So EE and O2, you know, 3 Virgin and all that. When they send the phone to you, it always usually said, if the seal is broken, please don't accept it, send it back. Yeah. It's sealed. And God makes sure he put his seal on us. Once you are born again, he's, the Holy Spirit has sealed. He's, having the Holy Spirit is the seal of God. Is the endorsement of God. Is the stamp of God that you are accepted in the beloved. He has stamped you. His signature on you. He's the seal of God. We have been sealed. Say we have sealed with the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, it says that don't grieve the Holy Spirit whom, through whom we have been sealed. Why are you grieving him? Why are you making him feel, oh no, again, oh no, again, oh no, again. Please make it your target that you will not grieve the Holy Spirit. There are several ways we grieve the Holy Spirit. Doing things that does not glorify God, doing things that does not honor him. Even gossiping, you are grieving the Holy Spirit. What do you have to say that? Did you have to say that about the sister? Did you have to? You're grieving the Holy Spirit. 
and you are wondering why you are not enjoying the blessing of God real. It's already re released, but the Spirit of God makes it reality because he says that he has blessed us, he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Now it will take the Holy Spirit to make it real in an earthly realm. So he, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. He's the Spirit of redemption. And Bible, actually, the Bible calls him the Spirit of grace. The Spirit of grace. He is the one who is behind the grace we can enjoy from the Lord. The Spirit of grace. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10 verse, 10 verse 29. He's the Spirit of grace. Hebrews 10 29. You, you want grace? You need, you need, you need the Spirit. The Spirit. Tell someone, we need the Spirit. So he's the Spirit of grace. And I like this, Romans chapter 2, verse, sorry, chapter 8, verse 2. He says that he's the Spirit of life. The Spirit of life. Let's all, let's all read it from the screen. Let's go. Some of you are not reading. Let's all read it out loud. Let's go. Has made me free from the law of So, actually, the law is the spirit of life, and he makes us free. The law of the spirit of So, he's the spirit of life. Revelation chapter 11, verse 11, he calls him the spirit of life. He's the spirit of life. Now, after, uh, after three and a half days, the breath of life, when you read, uh, I think, the King James, it tells you the spirit of life from God. You see the breath of life, the spirit. The spirit of life from God came. He's the spirit of life. He's the spirit of liberty. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse, verse 17. He says that where the spirit of the Lord is and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He sets you free. Because the Bible says that he who the Son sets free is free indeed. But you can't actually enjoy that freedom of Christ that comes through Christ outside of the spirit. So, what am I trying to establish here? That everything that we can enjoy from God, he makes it a reality. All that we are in, we have, we have been born again to come into, all that we are receiving, all that we are enjoying, it's the Holy Spirit that makes it a reality. He's the spirit of reality. He is the spirit of reality. In fact, the Bible says that he is the spirit, <laughs> thank you Holy Spirit, the spirit himself bears witness. Hey. Romans chapter 8 verse 16. The spirit not itself, himself. The spirit himself. The, uh, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirits. So he's in, so that's, he makes you know that you're actually the son of God. So when you begin to doubt, hey, am I even saved? Am I, if you are saved and you begin to doubt, I don't know. It's, it's because you have lost fellowship with the spirit. When you are in fellowship with the Spirit, your salvation is intact. There are so many people who... Ah, thank you, Jesus. Let me say this and I'll move on to the next thing. This is very important. Have you got anything to say? Now watch it. There are people who are just saying it from their minds. If you say it from your spirit, it delivers. But your spirit can't say it. Your mind will overpower and overrule your spirit if you are not in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Mm. So many people, their spirits are so emaciated, weak, and they are practicing Christianity from their minds. That is religion. And it does not deliver. So after a while, people say, I've tried, it's not working. Oh, it's not working. 
working. Okay. You have been trying it from your flesh. Wow. You have to try it. You have to do it from practice it from your spirit. Amen. Amen. So he's the spirit of reality. He makes everything real. Everything Jesus has died for, for the church, it takes the Holy Spirit to make it real. Someone say the spirit of reality. I, I, I want to also mention that God made man to receive his spirit. So I just want to draw our attention to the fact that the Holy Spirit and working with the Spirit of God is so essential. You cannot marginalize or ignore the Holy Spirit and expect God to be able to do anything meaningful in your life. So God made man to receive. So when God created man, as I said earlier in Genesis chapter 2 verse 17, he breathed into him the breath of God, the Spirit of God. He breathed into him the breath of life, the spirit of life, and man became a living soul. From that time, man has a spirit that relates to the spirit of God, and that's ready. In fact, so in, in Job chapter 32 verse, Job 32 verse 8, he says that there is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth him understanding. But there is a spirit in man. It takes your spirit to connect to God. Jesus said it this way. The time is coming and the time is now when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. John chapter 4 verse 23. For God is a spirit and they that worship him must engage their spirits. That's what he said. God is, let's all say God is a spirit. Please say it again. God is a spirit, and because of that, those who worship him, you have to do engage your spirit. It takes the spirit to contact God. God has made us to be able to receive his spirit. And you see, it is, every phone must have a component for the SIM card or a chip, whatever. Other than that, it can't work. There must be some, some the reason why you cannot be taking, uh, your, your laptop cannot make a call, a normal call, normal uh, call, walking in town is because it has not got a SIM. If it has a SIM card, then you can make a call through it. There are now cars that have got SIM card inserted in them. So you can make a call because the SIM card is what makes communi phone, telephone communication a possibility. In the same way, the Holy, the, your spirit is your sin to be able to connect to God through his spirit. So if your spirit is disengaged, forget it. You are not contacting God. So you have to work your spirit. When people say, oh, as I mean, I'm not really, <laughs> nowadays I'm really not serious about church. It's not that they are bad, though. It's their spirits are now wobbly. As a sign, you see, if you want to know someone whose spirit is weak, you listen to what they say about the things of God, the spirit of God. Uh, you can tell the spirit is weak. They can have all the knowledge, but the spirit is what makes everything a reality. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm teaching Magadaya yes. Sakai. <laughs> so. But Bible says that there's a spirit in man. And in Genesis, 
<clears throat> Interesting, I found out, I was just trying to do a research, I found out that Abraham, not much was said about Abraham regarding with regards to the spirit. Not much was said, because what we learned about Abraham was so much about God blessing him, God doing things for him, but God was not really using him to reach out. Not so much that God used Abraham to reach out to people. Do the, it was just who he was because of his faith in God. And then Isaac came. That's why he didn't do, didn't do anything at all. He just came and was enjoying, enjoying, enjoying. So you don't hear the spirit much about the spirit was Isaac also. But no. And then Jacob came and God prepared him. God worked on him. And then the only one out of the three was Jacob through Joseph. It was Joseph who God used to save lives. Who got Zaphnaphania. So, and read, Bible says that they, they, they said, Pharaoh said, Who how can we find a man with the, who, in whom the Spirit of God is? Genesis 41 38. How can we find a man in whom the Spirit, so he, the Spirit was in him, and listen, when the Spirit comes upon you, he, not only so you can have fellowship and reality, he's the Spirit that comes to function through that God can use you. So, this leads me to the last point on. The spirit in the church. He's the spirit in the church. He's the spirit in the church. Say the spirit in the church. Please, we can't have church without the Holy Spirit. If we have church without the Holy Spirit, it's actually social gathering we are having. It's social gathering. Because he is actually the owner of the church. <laughs> it's serious. The Holy Spirit is the owner of the church. Bible, Bible talks about people who God can use. It takes the Holy Spirit filling them when it comes to the church era. So in Acts chapter 6, when they were going to appoint the first leaders of the church, to appoint them, do you know the criteria? Acts 6, 3 said, therefore, brethren, Seek out from amongst you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. These three things. Three things. Reputation as a church leader is important. You can't be fighting with everybody. And then, so some of you, I, last week or last two weeks, I was talking about you have to desire to be a pastor. Well, not yesterday, I was telling them one of these, they probably have to teach on what you have to do so you can be a pastor. One of it is, you must have a good reputation. Are you Muhammad Ali? Fighting with everybody. <laughs> My Tyson. Fighting with everybody. Every time you have issue with somebody. Every time you have issue, at care group there is an issue with somebody. And you join a department, there is an issue there. Everybody you deal with, there comes, there comes an issue. Issue people. Brother issue, sister issues. <laughs> it sounds like a real name, isn't it? But brother issues, brother issues, sister issues. Every time, sister, deal with it. That can turn cross spirit, aggressive spirit. Every time you have a quarrel to pick with somebody. Every time, how, how can you be a uh, customer in customer service? 
and leadership in customer service, and you are very quarrelsome. <laughs> Yo, tell someone your reputation is important in God's work. You can't be involved in dodgy things, dodgy deals, shady deals, and you know, and you still you want to be a leader. In church. No, he said, get people who have good reputation. Oh, is they is just think funny about me? But no, 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 please. Try not to make them think funny about you. Some of, some of you, if we are supposed to vote, whether you can be a, a church leader or not, a pastor or not, your wife will be the first person to vote against you or your, your, or your husband will be the first person to vote against you. <laughs> they will cast their vote against you because they know you don't have that reputation. A wife came to me some time ago and he said, oh, Pastor, 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 you don't know my husband. Every evening he's doing pornography. Hey. <laughs> the men are asking, but where is the wife? <laughs> that's that's a, a matter for another time. There are many because people are happy, there are many factors. My friend, even though there are many factors, you are supposed to be a man of God. So don't let the factors mar your reputation. The fact that you are so hungry and you are fainting doesn't mean you should go to Sainsbury's and still uh, uh, la pain. Croissant, croissant. You are put croissant, man of God, you are put croissant. <laughs> And then when you finish, you are standing by the roadside. I want you to give your life to Jesus. Shut up! <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Amen. 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 I hear if you those are the guy. Amen. So reputation. Reputation. You can't be a church leader upcoming, every woman you see are looking at the bump. No, it's not good. <laughs> movement, every movement. <laughs> and you are telling me, oh, oh no, Pastor, it's the way they dress. No, 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 but you, are, you, are, you have a reputation to keep. <laughs> Can I talk a little bit more about the reputation? It's important. All your neighbors know you are a very quarrelsome person. And then one day they had the shock of their life that, ah, so you are a church leader? What church can that be? Hey! Hey! <laughs> reputation. You must be an affable person. Have a good relation with as many people as possible, especially in the church and about. You must. I've, I've moved off. Let me go back to the Holy Spirit. So he said, choose people who have good reputation and then full of the Holy Spirit. Full of the Holy Spirit. You are living with a woman
now you have not married. You are spoiling all their reputation and the possible purity for Holy Ghost to flow. Pastor, we don't do anything. We are saving bills. Save the spirit. Save the spirit. Pastor, you shouldn't have said that. No, no, I'm just trying to help someone who is on his way to becoming a church leader. Thank you. It's not everyone who's going to, who wants to be. But if you want to be, and God wants you to be. I was teaching the other time that everybody must desire to be a pastor. Desire that you will be a pastor one day. You desire that you will be a pastor one day. Because it's possible. And you, it will happen. It will happen. You desire that you be a pastor. <laughs> desire that you be Can you imagine? Come. Can you imagine a pastor preaching like this? Why won't you listen to the preaching? Why won't you listen to the preaching? When you look at the choir people singing, nice people. People, it is nice for nice people to do God's work. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Tell someone you are too nice not to do God's work. Tell them all this niceness. Well, if you are not doing God's work, where are you taking it? Where, where are you taking it? If you are not doing God's where are you taking it to? If you are not doing, where are you taking it to? Where are you taking it to? Where, where, where are you taking it? Where? Where, 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 where are you taking it? Catwalk. So, for those of you who believe that you are a model from your mother's womb, use that faith to preach the gospel. Yes. Appear gracefully, and when you are talking, people can see that this is someone who can make an impact. Am I preaching to somebody? A nice guy standing here. Take it wide. Listen, people will fall naturally. <laughs> no, it's, it, they are happy to. Before you consent, finish taking it. I'm going to bring all my friends. We are coming to the church. Is that man a pastor? Oh, my God. So before they could finish admiring you, your spirit has arrested them. That's right. That's right. So God gave you all the packaging for his work. And you are also using it for destruction. Hear the choir say amen. amen. Some of you are seated here. You are so pretty with a nice voice, but you don't want to join the choir. 
because you are very busy with your work schedules. Your work. Maybe you are trying to say, God, let me lose that work. I'll do your work. No. You are too well packaged not to be well used by God. I see the Holy Spirit coming upon you today. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of the church. The spirit. He gives. There was a time, because of my time, let me just say, there was a time they were going to preach somewhere in Acts chapter 16, verse 6. The Bible says that we, they, we wanted to, we, I say it, and when they had gone through Phrygia and the regions of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word. Not to go and sing or dance or do part. No, they were going to preach. The Holy Spirit said, don't. He's very much involved in the work. We need him to be able to tell us where we shouldn't go, where we should go. So people who were leaders, used as leaders in the church, were people who were filled full of the Holy Spirit, one. And number two, the Holy Spirit is very much involved with what work should be done. And then the verse 7 says that they tried to go to Phrygia, and then it said that, and after that we came to Messia, they tried to go to Bethania, sorry, but the Spirit did not permit them to go. Then at night, a vision came, go to Macedonia, then they went to Macedonia. So the Holy Spirit was actually guiding them in the church life. He is the one behind appointments. He should be the chief one behind church leadership appointments and church appointments. He, 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 the Holy Spirit. It says um, in Acts chapter 13, verse 2, there were some prophets and teachers, verse 1 said, prophets and teachers in the church in Antioch, verse 2, Bible said, as they fasted and ministered to the Lord, the Holy Spirit said, separate unto me Barnabas. There were five, but he said, give me Barnabas and so on, for the work for which I have called them. He requested their exclusion from the team because he was sending them somewhere else. He does the appointment. Oh, I like Acts chapter 20, verse 28, when it says that, uh, take it of the flock of God, over which, let's all read it from the screen. Let's go, let's go. To yourself and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you. Who makes you overseer? That's serious. That's serious. The prime minister is actually the British populist that appoint the prime minister, as it should be, according to our political settings. When um, is the prime minister who appoints the cabinet ministers? Yeah. So, okay, you are going to be this, you are going to be that, you are going to be that, you are going. Prime minister. The Holy Spirit, too, when it comes to the church, he is the one who appoints. He appoints. This one will be this. Ah, Pastor God. So that means not everyone can be a pastor. You didn't, that's a different thing altogether. Desire to be a pastor because the desire that will even come, he gives it to you. Just that some of us, our hearts are so blunt because of material things and uh, personal things, things that are filled outside of God. Our personal excitement, enjoyment, entertainment has have preoccupied us so much, the Spirit of God can even penetrate through that and tell us what he wants to do. So it takes a pastor like me to keep drumming it for you to begin to, oh, it's true, 
it's true. And you begin to desire it. And it makes it an, uh, an easy way. There are people who, <laughs> some of you are sitting here, and you have actually shocked yourself and a lot of people who knew you. That is you coming to church on a Sunday. Wow. It's a very strange phenomenon. <laughs> it's true. Some of you have been coming to church regularly for some time now, and it's like it's a mystery. It's, it's unheard of. People here, you, church. Some time ago, the way you were lambasting this kind of churches. Today, you can't have enough of us. Why? Because it doesn't take your human strength. It takes the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that drew you here. Tell someone, I'm here because of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I know you said someone invited me. My friend has been bugging me. You have to come, you have to come, you have to come. It's the Holy Spirit that made, because it wasn't the first time they told you you came. In fact, there was a time you yourself said, okay, you know, I want to go. Long, you even initially never thought you would go, but suddenly you wanted to go. God, the Holy Spirit used your friend just to tell you, and then He triggered the desire. Wow! It's the Holy Spirit that brought you here. He's so much involved in the church. He said, "The over which the Holy Spirit has made you overseer, He made you. I'm here because the Holy Spirit made me a leader of the church." Somebody say amen. amen. Because of my time, let me add one more. This one is a serious thing. When we gather, he's here. Unless we exclude him. We grieve him or we quench him. You can grieve the spirit or you can quench the spirit. But when we gather, he's here. He's here in a very powerful way. In fact, um, in Acts chapter, <laughs> this is a serious one. In Acts chapter 5, Bible says that they were gathered together. Say Acts 5. They were having church. But when you read from Acts chapter 4, from verse 34, Bible says, verse 35, 34, there was none that lacked in the church for people who had possessions of lands, sold them, and did, what did they do? Sold them, and they brought the possessions um, and the things they had sold. All right, go to the next verse. And laid it at the apostles' feet, and they distributed them all. So they're bringing things to the apostles' feet. So they've gone to sell their land, they have gone to sell their house, their car, their business. They come and said, for the work of God, they come and laid at the apostles' feet. It was a regular activity. And then there's a man, verse 30, the next, verse 37, there was a man, um, go to the next verse quickly. And having had land, he sold it and brought the money. Verse 36, uh, Joseph, who was called Barnabas by the apostles, he sold the land, he was a Levite from Cyprus, and brought it to the apostles' feet, verse 37. He brought it. That's the end of chapter 4. So chapter 5, so it was like fashionable in the church. Everybody was sowing seed, build me a house. They were giving it. They were doing it. Everybody was doing their, their time. They are giving their offering for the work of the Lord. They were giving. And then Ananias and Sapphira too came. They wanted to look very important. They were not going to give anything, but they were trying to impress people. So Ananias and Sapphira, they sold the land, and they, they came to church, verse 2. And then when they came, Bible said that, and kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also knowing about it and brought the uh, part and uh, laid it at the apostle. So he laid it like he has sold everything. God is not looking for everything. He's just looking for your genuine heart. But he came to pretend to the church that this is everything. And you know what happened? Peter said, Ananias, tell me the truth. 
<laughs> Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to do what? To do what? I can't hear you. To do what? No, he brought it to the apostles' feet. What is the Holy Ghost there? He said, you didn't realize, bringing this to us is the Holy Spirit who is behind this whole thing. So coming to pull a wool over our eyes, you are actually trying to pull over the eyes, uh, uh, wool over the eyes of the Holy Spirit. You lied to me, but you have lied to the Holy. Where is the Holy Spirit? He says, the Holy Spirit, you lie. Now he says, Satan filled your heart to do that. Before it was, uh, why have you kept back? He said, before it was sold, it remained, it very, uh, while it remained, it was, it was your own. Was it your own? Uh, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not your, uh, your own, uh, in, your, in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing? In your heart, you have not lied to men, but to God. He said you lied to the Holy Spirit, verse 3. But verse 4, he said you lied to God. That tells you the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. I I thought I was lying to men. He said, no! The church, the Holy Spirit is the one working in the church. You are tempering the Holy Spirit when you take back with the church. The Holy Spirit in the church. And he said, you lied. And the wife came. He asked the wife, verse 9. And the wife too said the same thing. Oh, we sold it. And he says that. Then Peter said to him, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? They they thought they were dealing with men. They didn't realize that when we come to church, the Holy Spirit is the main person behind it. So the Holy Spirit has been there from the beginning. Any major start of anything, he's there. He's the spirit of reality for the believers. He, God created man to receive the spirit, and then he's the spirit behind the church work. Amen. He is. We can't marginalize the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I want to talk to somebody and encourage somebody, desire more of the spirit. Amen. And in our services, in our worship, in our gathering, please let us give precedence to the spirit. Let us know that the Spirit is the chief agent working in our midst. As we sit here, you know, I can just speak miracle. God showed me he's healing somebody. God is doing it. It's not me. It's the Spirit that is actually healing the person. And he comes to reveal it to me. And I say it. So it's not because I'm so powerful, but it's because I'm spiritual. Yes. It's the Spirit that must work in our midst. It's the Spirit. And I pray that may you have a serious visitation by the Holy Spirit. Some of you are going through all kinds of difficulties and shakings. I pray that the spirit of reality will bring to bear the promises and the goodness and the favor of God over your life in the name of Jesus. So shall it be. I pray so shall it be. In the name of Jesus. We are about to pray in a minute, and we are going to pray a simple prayer that, Holy Spirit, that I'll get closer to you. The song, the choir song, said, I want to be where you are. Draw me closer. I want to be where you are. 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 Holy Spirit, that's the prayer we are going to pray. How many of you think it's a very good prayer to pray? Because when all the dust has settled, what you have done for God and how God has used you is what matters. It's not how much money you have earned. It's not your pay grade that makes the difference. It's not where you live. All those things, people have lived there and have messed up. People have earned better than what you are earning and realize it's all done. People 
have been to plenty. Listen, your beauty cannot answer to the, the God question of your life. No, your intelligence, but it's your heart and your, your willingness to the spirit. And we are going to pray in a minute that, Lord, I need more of you. I want you to use me. I want to open up more to you. I want to work with you. Holy Spirit, that you'll be, you'll be very active in our church, that you'll use us. When you are going to an interview, let the Spirit lead you. When you are going to work, let them engage the Holy Spirit because he's not just a Sunday spirit. He's an everyday spirit. He's an everyday spirit. He wants to be with you. He wants to guide you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to teach you. He wants to help you. We need the Holy Spirit. But before we pray that prayer, listen, the Holy Spirit can only come on people whose spirits are alive unto God, whose spirits are regenerated. Maybe you are here. You don't have the life of God. You have not started your work with God. Please let's all bow our heads. Maybe you are here. You haven't opened your heart yet to say, Jesus, I surrender. Jesus, I invite you into my heart. Please come and be my Lord and my Savior. I surrender my life to you. Maybe you haven't done that yet. If you haven't done that, the Spirit of God cannot, cannot, cannot come upon you. The Spirit of God cannot work in you. The Spirit of God cannot work with you. But you want to say, Pastor, as you preach, I know my spirit is ready. I'm ready to let Jesus come into my heart. I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to invite Jesus to start the process afresh. If that is your genuine desire, please lift up your right hand so I can sit and pray with you. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to start a new work with the Lord. I want to start a new work with the Lord. I want to invite him into my heart. I want to invite him into my spirit. I want to invite him to take over so that my life can be for him. Maybe you want to say that and say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want the spirit. I want Jesus. I want, I can't fake it. I won't pretend about it. I want to invite Jesus. I mean it. It's from the bottom of my heart. As you're speaking, God has been speaking to me and I cannot deny it. I want to be honest. If that's your prayer, that pastor, pray with me. Lift up your right hand so I can see it and pray with you. God bless you, my sister. It's very personal. Please lift up the right hand. Don't be ashamed. I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. Maybe you are also here, but you have done that You have done that before, and you are no more in good relation with Jesus. You are backslided. But you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to rededicate. I want to. I don't. You know, like, your relation with Jesus is not good. You want to make it right with God. You want to make it right with God. You to lift up your right hand. Let me see quickly, and I want to pray with you. Say, Lord Jesus, Jesus. I know I am a sinner, and I've sinned against you. I acknowledge my sins, and I believe that you died on the cross to save me from my sins. I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. From today, I make a commitment. I will serve you. I will work with you. I surrender it all to you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for my precious sisters. I thank you that they heard your voice and they have taken the step. Let the Spirit of God come upon their lives in an unusual way. And Lord, mark them for greatness in the kingdom and in life. I bless you and I cover you with the blood of the Lamb in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. If you said that prayer, congratulations, you are now born again. Our pastor always says it's not enough to believe, but you must belong. We would love to support you on this journey. Send an email to amen at and we will be sure to get back to you. Welcome to the family of God.
We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at charis.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for daily updates on what God is doing here at Charis Ministries. Stay blessed.